Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. Want to know what it's like to move to a new country as a young child? As you know, I myself moved from England to the south of France with my parents and brother when I was just 13 years old. This week, I'm joined by Amelia, whose parents decided to move their family from Honduras to Canada when she was just 11. Together, we share our experiences of being uprooted as kids and the different things that our parents did to help us settle that we are now thankful for today. I think they did they did do different things for us to try to understand things. Like I remember um, our classrooms did little goodbye party and I still have actually like the card where everyone signed their name. And I remember one of the things that they involved us in was they showed us a map of Canada and we're like, okay, like, where do you want to move in Canada? And I remember, (laughs) I remember being like, I think BC sounds the best because it's by the ocean and it's warmer and all these things. But like a lot of parents, my parents definitely sheltered us. Now that we're older, my parents have opened up a lot more about the hardships that they experienced. You know, like to us, the stress was, okay, what am I going to wear to school tomorrow? Whether you're a parent worrying about your own children adjusting to a move abroad, or you're just curious about seeing immigration through a child's perspective, this episode is for you. Let's start the show. Hello, Amelia. How are you? Hi, Kate. I'm very well. How are you? I am doing good. Same old. Thank you for, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. I can't remember how we found each other now, but I'm glad we did. I'm excited to chat with you. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Just me kind of hounding complete strangers on the internet probably to come and share their story. That's probably what happened. It's a good way. <laughs> <laughs> how is your week so far? Congratulations. I hear you're pregnant. Yes, thank you. It's good. I'm due at the end of May, so... That's so exciting. Is it your first? It is my first, so everything's exciting and terrifying at the same time. I'm glad you said that, because I, yeah, I will be exactly in the same boat as well. I find the whole thing, it's just the unknown, right? Like, Yes. (laughs) How's your week going? Good, yeah, I'm just full wedding planning mode now, (laughs) trying to, to not be a bridezilla, but at the same time helping all of these Canadians get their flights to the UK book. Um, and a bunch of them just have never traveled before so it's a bit of a nightmare but uh, it'll be worth it yeah what date is it going to be on it's the 4th of July so that doesn't mean anything in Canada but I guess we're close to the state so people know the date but I was just joking with Isaac that he can never forget our anniversary because it's 4th of July yeah (laughs) he has no excuse that's so exciting and also coming up really soon Mm mm-hmm So you're originally from Honduras in Central America. What can you tell us about Honduras? Yes. So, um, yeah. So a lot of the times when people hear Honduras, I always, it's not always the most positive things, but I always 
like to lead, <laughs> that there's a lot of really beautiful um, beaches, really beautiful areas in the north. And um, my favorite memories from Honduras really is just the culture is very family oriented. So mm -hmm. um, I think part of the reason is that the country doesn't have the same social structure that Canada and other um, countries have. So for example, it is expected that as a child, um, you're going to eventually be taking care of your parents. Um, kids tend to live with their parents until they get married. So it's very nice in that way. And that family plays such a big role in just taking care of each other and part of your community. So that's something that I still really um, identify with and continue to, I guess, to have that in my culture. I think, um, you know, now my parents, even though we live in Canada, would still be completely taken aback <laughs> if they had to go to like a long-term care home or right. not because there's anything wrong with it, just because it's so... Um, Yeah. Not, I guess, the same culture. For sure. And I think that's wonderful, too, because, you know, we can go our separate lives and make our own separate families. But then I love it when there's even my even Isaac, his his family here in Canada is the same. He has four brothers and they have their four kids each. And it's just a whole massive unit. And that's something I never really experienced growing up. I just had my parents and my brother and You know, it's such a big, huge family and it's always just so nice. And yeah, I like the idea of getting old and having people look after me, for sure. People that you know and love, yeah. <laughs> um, that's always handy. It's a good reason to have kids anyway. <laughs> yeah, and the, grand the bond with the grandparents is so big because of that. Yeah, do you have all your extended family still over there or did they follow you and your family when you moved? No, so when we moved, I still had um, three of my grandparents and then... They continue to play a big role in my life. So I used to go back every summer until 2013. So I moved to Canada in 2002 and um, spent a lot of time with them still. Or they would come visit. And then in 2013, um, two of my grandparents passed away. And then a couple of years after that, my last grandparents. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have any... Um, I mean, I have extended family, just not very close family. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been back <laughs> since 2013, but... I still do stay in touch, you know, with some cousins and aunts and uncles. So I would like to visit someday. I just don't, because my visits over there were always to spend with grandparents. I've been so afraid of that feeling of going back and not having them there. For sure. Because that's, yeah, that's the whole spirit of a place too, isn't it? The people that we love. And that's the big, a big struggle that we all go through when we move to a new country. It's that we, we get homesick more for the people and the relationships. I feel like a lot of the time there are elements of the country that you do miss, obviously. But yeah, it's, it's really those relationships that, that are just missing from your life all of a sudden. And that's the big adjustment for sure. So yeah, I can imagine that it will feel a bit different, but, um, Yeah. What are some of your favorite things about Honduras as a country? Oh, so many. <laughs> I love the weather. I'm definitely a warmer weather person. Yeah. Um, I love just the beauty, like how beautiful it is. So I guess just like for me, one of my favorite places growing up, and I think it's because I have so many positive memories as the beach. So I still just love spending time by the ocean and The food, the warmth of the people, I think, is something that I really love about the culture. You know, like, I don't know how to describe it, but if you've met someone else from Honduras, you probably know 
what I'm talking about. Like, it's just a very warm, welcoming culture. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to, uh, my husband has never been. Um, and so in the future, I'm really excited to actually be able to take him there and oh, yeah. have our kids, you know, go there for the first time. Oh, yeah. So he's Canadian? He's American. Oh, he's American. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and you grew up in the capital, a city that's that's surrounded by those mountains. It looks gorgeous. So you were saying that you, you could go to the beach a lot, um, and then you had the city life, and then you have those mountains with the forests and the waterfalls. And yeah, I think that's what, what more do you need, really, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, my grandparents had a farm that was about two hours away from the capital, so that's also like a different side of nature, mm -hmm. you know, like it's a little bit flatter, but it's very country and the food is a little bit different and the culture is a little bit different as well. So the diversity of, I guess, the nature that there is in Honduras is definitely one of my favorite parts of the country. Yeah. Amazing. Have you gone to visit Copan, the, the ancient Mayan ruins? Have you paid them a visit? I have, yes. And that's one of the places that my husband really wants to go to because yeah. he loves history and... Same. Archaeology's always fascinated me. I grew up, um, watching a show in England. I'm sure my English listeners will know what I'm talking about. There was a TV show that I watched with my dad all the time called Time Team, <laughs> where they would dig, you know, different locations and find all sorts of things dated, you know, throughout history. So yeah, I've always wanted to visit those kinds of sites as well. So I'll be very jealous when your husband gets to. <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually been since I was a child, like easily, you know, yeah, I probably haven't been there for for 20 plus years. So I would but I still have a lot of memories that I would like to see how different. Yeah, it's like when you when you leave your native country and then you've been gone for so long, you do feel like a tourist when you go back. It's such the weirdest feeling. Like I've gone back to England and taken Isaac around places to show him England, and it's the same thing where we kind of we went to Stonehenge. Um, that's another place where you know Copan is over fifteen hundred years old, and Stonehenge is even older. And it's crazy. You look at these places and you don't you your brain just can't even comprehend how old and how long it's just it's been there so but yeah it's yeah. the strangest feeling when you when you just start taking pictures of you know your city like a tourist <laughs> for sure what can you okay tell us about chicken buses I read something about chicken buses and I want you to <laughs> enlighten us on on those you know I guess I have to be honest <laughs> I've never been on one uh -huh. um so I moved when I was um, around 10, 11, but they are famous because you see them often. And so a lot of the times, a lot of the rural areas will come into the city to get supplies and, you know, people travel with just really strange things, like including chickens. And <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, you see these buses and they're full of possessions like they have like bags all over the top and <laughs> brightly painted right they're just multicolored yes. buses just running like like a party on wheels almost yeah so I don't know how much or how little um COVID has changed that but mm. yeah I definitely you're not the first person to ask me about it <laughs> I wish I could give you more but that's all I got it's one of those things that just comes up when you google Honduras as a country you're like okay fun facts about Honduras and it's like chicken buses scarlet macaws you know yeah. <laughs> All these things, it's a, you know, got the coral reef there as well, the second 
biggest in the world after the Great Barrier Reef. So it's, those are the kind of facts that pop up. So yeah, I just thought chicken buses. I'm going to have to ask her about those. <laughs> so you mentioned that you moved to Canada when you were 11, 12, um, back in mm-hmm. 2002. So have you hit the big 20 year anniversary yet this year? Is it official? So this year, June 2nd is going oh, not, to be not quite yet. Not yes, but it's definitely like a family holiday that we celebrate every single year. I love that. So this year it's going to be like my mom has already started to be like, okay, we have to do like an extra big because yes. you know, like, um, so some ideas that she was throwing around was like having an open house where we like, Thank all the people that have played such a big role in our journey. Oh and my gosh, I love that. Like That's so Share sweet. more openly. Yeah, because it's normally just like a, a family thing, but it's been a journey, obviously, with, with a lot of people and, and so many long, long relationships or like of people that have been there with us from the beginning. So it would be really nice mm. to just share. That's and- a beautiful way to look at it too, because yeah, we can just celebrate our achievements as immigrants, but there's that you're so right. There's so many external people that get involved in the process and that help you. And especially in Canada, there's so many kind people out there that, that really help you along in the process. And oh, that's so sweet to, yeah, open your door and to welcome them in and to include them in that celebration, right? Because it's them yeah. that, that has you know, brought you there. So wow, 20 years. Congrats. That's, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how fast it goes and how much it has changed. Like my, um, my mom was saying how, you know, we came and it we're, we're a small family. So I just have a brother and my two parents and they're like, you were so little. And now, you both have families of your own. So like your spouses have added to our family and then you have kids. So now it's like just Aww. growing and they get to experience that and wow. we get to experience it together. Yeah. And that just must feel like such a win for your parents as well. Obviously they moved you to Canada as, as small kids and to now see you in this new life and, and happy. And yeah, I can only imagine as a parent to, to feel that success through, through you guys too. That's so nice. Yeah, I think now that we're older, my parents have opened up a lot more about the hardships that they experienced. Um, But they always say it in that way, that when they see how fulfilling our lives are and how we get to still be just really close, it makes all the sacrifices worth it. Yeah, because ultimately, that's that's why they did it, I'm guessing, right? You know, that that weight of responsibility for a parent must be so heavy you know they're doing it to to give your kids a better life or a new adventure and you hope that it will pay off and that they'll be happy and that's the goal but you know there's so many factors that are going to be at play and you can't prepare them for everything so for it to work out Mm. yeah that's so that's so amazing so yeah I'm really looking forward to hearing more about the immigration experience from the eyes of a child going through it because I think that this will be just so valuable for any parents listening to to understand the ups and downs from that child perspective and Mm -hmm. I was mentioning it to you before the call I myself my parents moved my brother and I from England to France when I was 13 so yeah I'll chime in with my experience throughout as well but but yeah that being said how much did you really understand back then about the reasons behind the family move I think um like a lot of parents my parents definitely sheltered us a lot I think even 
leading up to it, you know, we were too little to help with, you know, like selling everything mm-hmm. or making any arrangements. Like for us, it was really, it almost felt like a vacation. I don't think we really understood how permanent. You didn't sink in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they did, they did do different things for us to try to understand things. Like I remember, um, our classrooms did little goodbye party and mm. I still have actually like the card where everyone signed their name and, I love that. I did that too. I remember I had this little notebook and I went round to every single person in my school and got them to write a message. And it's so funny. Like I have my best, best friend now who is my maid of honor and we weren't friends back when we were 13. We became really close later on, but it's so funny. Her message to me was like, Oh God, I'm going to have to remember it because it was so funny. It's like, <laughs> nice knowing you, love Jess or something. <laughs> it's just so, we weren't friends, so it's just hilarious. But yeah, I did the same thing with a little goodbye book. It's so sweet. Do you still have it? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny, funny thing to keep, but it's, I think it's fun to look back and then you see like what each person's up to, you know, like the people that you are still in touch with. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really important to, to, to have that goodbye as, as kids because yes, it can be a real shock to just leave and then that permanency could just hit you. And I think my parents did a really good job of that as well. You know, we scheduled different places to go to, you know, our favorite places in England to, to kind of visit one last time and make sure that we're spending time with our loved ones and talking about how we're going to continue talking to them. Like, oh, we, you're going to miss your grandma, but this is how we're going to talk to her now, like on this, you know, Skype or whatever it was back then. So, yeah, I really appreciated the fact that my parents allowed us to maintain those connections, mm-hmm. you know, like they never they never made it seem like we couldn't go back even when they were not traveling. Like we were always, it always felt like a place that we could return to. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped, I guess, with adjustment and it being easier. Cause like you said earlier, it's not as much about the place, but really the people that you really, really miss. Absolutely. And yeah, we also said that well, you mentioned that um, you're you're perhaps a bit too young to be involved in in the big decisions. But did they include you in in the conversations about it and what was going to happen and the plans? Because I remember my parents they they did ask us opinions on different houses, for example. You know, it's not I don't think they would have really made a decision backed <laughs> off. Well, maybe they would have, but yeah, I remember that that they would show us house listings and be like yeah, can you picture this as your bedroom and kind of involving us that way, which was really fun. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I remember one of the things that they involved us in was they showed us a map of Canada and we're like, okay, like, where do you want to move in Canada? And I remember, (laughs) (laughs) I remember being like, I think BC sounds the best because it's by the ocean and it's warmer and Mm. all these things. But good thing they didn't listen because... Um, the place they ended up picking, which was a tiny little town, um, called Elmer has like, it had 6,000 people (laughs) at the time we moved to it. Um, they ended up picking it because they had met a random couple on a plane a couple years back that was Canadian and was traveling to Honduras. And then they just became friends through the airplane meeting (laughs) And then, so when they were getting ready to move, they were like, well, why don't you just 
come to our town and we'll pick you up and we'll, that way we can help you get settled and it'll be a little bit easier than being in a big city and there's, you know, way cheaper cost of living. Oh, so, wow. so you had the insider info. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What an amazing story. I'm sure they're going to be invited to the, the 20 year bash. <laughs> yes, actually, they're actually both passed away now. They were older, oh, no. oh. but their family um, still remains very, very close to our family. So it was like a whole family adoption. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It just shows again. I feel like this has come up multiple times on this show already that people have had conversations on public transport and it's just led to this amazing connection that's just helped them going forward. And yeah, maybe I need to start talking to people on public transport because I'm <laughs> such a headphones person. I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm on this plane for eight hours. And I'm sleeping. So yeah, <laughs> I'm the same way. I always just try to find the fastest way to fall asleep to make it go faster. Right. But Just be missing all of these amazing people that you could connect with, I guess. Yeah, that's so that's yeah. amazing. Wow. What about English lessons? So how was your English when you were a kid and you were planning to move to Canada? Obviously, you'd been doing it at school. What was your parents' English like? I, I'm so interested to know. Yeah. So we had been fortunate enough, my brother and I, that we had gone to a I guess like an English immersion school in Honduras. So we had a good, I would say, handle on the language. But I still remember one of the kids who's my maid of honor at the wedding. Um, and I met her one of the first days. She would always be like, Oh no, that's not what you mean. <laughs> like, I think you mean this. So I still think we had to like adjust a lot because, you know, we weren't. In Honduras, everyone was mostly Spanish speaker, and then we were talking in English. Mm -hmm. So even if it was, if the words were not in the right order, it would make sense in Spanish. So like, right. they would understand that. You didn't have someone just always correcting you, which is almost what yes. you need, really. It just sounds like a good, useful friend. <laughs> yeah. And my parents had not learned English as children, so it was harder for them, but they still had... English lessons as adults so mm -hmm. they weren't starting from scratch but I think it's definitely harder when you learn the language as an adult definitely. than as a child definitely I remember me and my brother because you're going to school all of a sudden and you're completely immersed in it in the country whereas your parents are still doing other stuff at the house and speaking their own language together so that that immersion into it is is they don't have that experience and yeah I I remember in France, like I was a 13 year old on the phone to the bank <laughs> for them because my mum was like, can you book me an appointment at the bank? Because I can't, I don't know how to speak to them. So you, it's so strange as a child of, of immigrants to, to have to make those grown up calls at such a young age to, to be their translator. Did you do that in Canada a lot? Yes. <laughs> yes. One of my, um, <laughs> one of my first introductions to the legal world actually was, um, they had to go to court for something. It was like a landlord-tenant situation. And they didn't feel comfortable. So I remember being like, you know, it was really soon after we arrived. And having to be like translating and and everything. And that was the first, I guess, introduction to advocacy that I had. And wow. it really stuck with me. Yeah. But yeah, things that I would say are definitely more adult than 
Then you did you know French before you moved? No, so that was one of the things that I was grateful for as well was that when we knew that we were going to move there, my parents booked us a, a tutor. So they came to the house for I think it was six months leading up to the move because I guess usually with well with Europe it was an easy move, but you. I'm guessing from Honduras to Canada, you had a bit of a wait. So um, you have that time to prepare. So yeah, they had this tutor come and we had a good six months of lessons. But again, it, it I don't know. It's like, hi, how are you? It's not really, <laughs> I, I still wasn't really ready to, to be just dropped into that school environment. But you pick it up pretty quickly when you don't have a choice. Yeah. I think it just proves that children are just so resilient and they cope so much better than adults I think with with a move abroad and I think as adults we, we just overthink everything and we're panicking on behalf of our children like oh they're going to struggle they're going to miss their family or they're going to miss this and but I think from my experience anyway and from a lot of um kids that I've spoken to that moved abroad it's yeah they they often surprise you and it's the adults that struggle more what do you think about that yeah I agree I think when you immigrate as a kid, you really get the benefit of going on this new adventure and it still has its difficult points, but yeah. I think that you are a lot more sheltered from the difficulties. Um, now that I've experienced immigration as an adult also, I can't imagine how stressful it is to go to a new country and now you're like, okay, I have a family to support. I need to find a yeah. new job. I have to... Um, figure out how to do all these things that, you know, like to us, the stress was, okay, what am I going to wear to school tomorrow? Like right. I didn't have any. <laughs> big... Yeah, you have that safety blanket of your family. As a kid, you know, your home is your parents. That's all you know. And you, you feel safe yeah. because you're like, oh, well, my parents have got it. Like my parents know what they're doing. My parents, you know, yeah. are going to figure <laughs> it out. And we just think that they have it all together and we're going to be fine. And I think, yeah, when I was when I was that 13 year old, I just didn't even think about the challenges because my parents did such a good job of just being that support network for us. And mm -hmm. yeah, we didn't really have those worries that I'm sure that they had at night when we were in bed. So yeah, it makes you appreciate them for sure. In hindsight, as an adult, I mean, I look back and I just am so grateful for them for just taking that leap you know they wanted us to have life in the sunshine and the second language and an adventure and um yeah they just went for it and they were so brave it just makes you think wow god I have so much respect for you that's so true do you find that now that you've gone through it as an adult you look back and talk to them about hey did you experience this or yeah I did you think about that for sure. And I think because I so openly speak about being homesick and the mental wellness side of moving abroad, that's really what I like to speak about because it's just not really spoken about that often. And I think mm. I've I've asked them about it and, you know, I, I they just didn't have any of that kind of support. And it kind of just made me even more passionate about spreading the message because, yeah, even as, as parents with kids, like I was mentioning, you just think you should have it all together and there's so many struggles that just people there's nowhere to go to really express it but then I guess they had each other to 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 speak it through but yeah it must have been tough yeah I agree so you had this family that you were lucky enough to join in Canada that's so amazing to to have that 
that kind of head start or that welcome into into the culture so um what did they what role did they play in your in your settlement I guess they took you to different places and introduced you to different people did they help your parents with the logistics of stuff as well Um, yeah they really I mean when I think about it from their perspective it's so amazing how it happened because they had met on the plane I think it was like a three-hour plane ride and then they stayed in Honduras I think um a couple weeks and then my mom went and said goodbye at the airport and that was it and then after that it was like emails and they drove two hours to pick us up at the airport and then they took us back to their house and had like a camping trailer said they lived in a farm so they like had us there, you know, like, made us breakfast, um, helped my parents. Because, like, another thing that I think is hard is when you move to a new country and you don't have a job yet and you don't have references, it can be really hard to find housing. So they basically helped um, my – like, they were their references. Um, they helped – so we didn't have a car at first, so they helped them get their first car. They helped, taught them how to drive. Wow. They're literally angels on earth. They, wow. Yeah. Amazing. And what was that like as a kid landing in Canada? Had you ever visited Canada before or was it just, was that your first time when you first landed there and it was real and you lived there? Yes, we had never been to Canada. We had been to the States a lot of times. So in my head, it was going to be the right. States. Right. <laughs> like that's sort of what my impression of Canada was, but um the places in the states where we had been to were like florida so it was very like different (laughs) what time of year did you arrive was it winter summer okay thankfully not (laughs) ease yourself in that was a good decision (laughs) yeah it was for us it was like we got there i think the one day and then the next day we relaxed and then the day after um one of their daughters, the couple's daughters, was a principal. So she got us into oh school, gosh. not for like enrolling, just so we would have the experience and meet friends before summer. Yeah, so we, we went to school. Um, it was funny because they had done like a fundraiser for this little village in Honduras. It was like a very remote village, so it didn't have like electricity. A lot of the kids had experience severe poverty, so it didn't have shoes. So like... I remember so many of the questions were so odd to me because they would be like, do you have water now? (laughs) We'd be like, yeah, I always grew up with water. (laughs) Are you happy that you have shoes? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was funny. But for us, like as kids, like I said, it was very, it was a really fun transition. Like then summer was around and we were just doing swimming lessons and fun things with the kids that we met at school because we were in a tiny town so Mm. you could walk everywhere you could that's almost nicer too do you think because if you move to a big city it can be a bit overwhelming as a young person but to go to a smaller town in Canada I feel like that was almost a blessing in disguise because then you have that tight-knit community you have that family that are supporting you but then you also have the friends that you're meeting in school, they have families that know each other and it's just that smaller community feel which kind of maybe mirrored that that family aspect that, that you were saying Honduras is really known for, do you think? Yes, I actually have thought about that a lot. I really think that there's something special about moving to smaller towns or cities because 
because of that small community, mm-hmm. it's so, it feels like it's easier to integrate into the community because as soon as you meet someone, they'll introduce you to the next person. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a, you know, like small towns just have such a different feel of just kind of everyone knows what's going on. So they'll know that you're the new family, <laughs> like yeah. in town kind of thing. And, um, I think the other thing is that there might not be as big of your own cultural community, mm-hmm. which I think is also beneficial because even though you will eventually meet, you know, people within your culture, because Canada is so multicultural and you will, you'll, you'll have that no matter where you're at. So I think being forced to step out of your comfort zone is really important to just your long-term feeling Canada, like allowing Canada to become your home. I think having that and being sort of pushed outside of that comfort zone can be very beneficial. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more too. And I think me and my brother are a perfect case study for that because he, I was going to ask you, was how, what's the age difference between you and your brother? Because for me and my brother, it was three years, which meant that he was in middle school in France and I was in high school. So we were in separate schools and our experiences were so different because I don't really know why, but the middle school was all French, absolutely no English at all, no other English expat families. He was by himself, completely immersed. And for me, I was in the high school, which is in the bigger nearby town. And there were so many English kids there. And then obviously my 13-year-old self was like, well, I'm going to go and talk to all these (laughs) English kids because it's easier and I can't speak French. Um, So my brother ended up living in France for 10 years, speaks French like a French person, super immersed. For me, I never really settled. I My French was never fluent, really, like my brother's was. And I ended up leaving four or five years later. So it just shows it's, it's perfect... It's truth. It's gospel truth that if you, it's uncomfortable when you first go, but it's the short term uncomfortableness <laughs> that pays off in the long run. So, yeah. That's so true. That's, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, especially with the language, because as soon as you have the opportunity to speak in your native language, of course, you're not going to be like, yeah. no, let me struggle <laughs> to say what I mean. Yeah. But my parents, I, my parents tried so hard and they, they really did go out of their way to try and get me into, into that French culture because I had this one French girl that I was like, okay, I actually quite like her. I made friends with her in school, which is really cool. My dad's like, we're going there this weekend. Let's go. I'm driving you. It was like two hours away where she lived. And he was like, we're going, like you guys are going to hang out and I'll go meet her parents and blah, blah, blah. So (laughs) as parents, again, that's another small thing that I didn't think of at the time, but I can just look back and think, wow, like my dad really did just drive for hours to try and get me to have these French friends and, and get settled quicker. So yeah. Yeah. I think it, that is a benefit too about immigrating with kids is that your kids help you meet friends, which as adults, it is a lot harder to yes. meet people. So I think if you have kids, you know, like whatever activities they're in, there's going to be other parents that are going to yeah. have, you know, and then once your kids start becoming friends, then you start, like, we definitely had that where the parents, we became friends with the kids and then the parents became friends. Mm. Yeah, you do little kids as like little friend <laughs> friendship pimps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So what 
kind of struggles did you go through as a as a child when you moved to Canada if any maybe you didn't um mm. I'm interested to know if you did go through any any downs and how your parents helped you through that because yeah if any parents are listening and their and their children are maybe struggling with missing home or anything else um I'm interested in hearing your experience yeah I think the biggest struggle for me personally was how close um and how much time we would spend with my grandparents. So before we moved, the school bus would drop us off at my grandparents' house. So I, I would see them literally every day. And then on the weekends, we would always, you know, it was like a thing that we would have lunch on Sundays. And yeah. so I think having that large, like outside of your immediate family, having that support system and then moving and just having your parents, which like, it's not like just, you know, but yeah. it is sort of Those like a people. big, yeah, <laughs> it was a big difference. And it was something that impacted me and, and continues, I think, like sometimes now that I don't have them, I do sometimes wish that we had the opportunity to grow up and spend much more time because we do have so little time with them. Yeah. For me, the biggest thing that I thank my parents for is that they never limited like as much time as we wanted to go spend with them. Any opportunity we had, it was something that they would sacrifice other expenses in order to allow us to have those experiences. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Christmases, we would always try to see if we could meet in Florida or if we could go there or if they could come here. And yeah. they really, really tried to continue to allow us to have that. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely think that it has impacted me in a really significant way because now when I think of my family, I'm always like, it's such a weird fear that I think people that have never experienced that don't have. But I'm like, we need to be within a two hour radius of my parents. <laughs> like we can't move anywhere that's farther than that. Yeah. That's so nice because yeah, they, they obviously listen to you guys and what, what you needed. And you know, there were probably many different things going on, but that was always something that came up. And as children, you know, the parents were listening to you saying, okay, well, they really miss their grandparents and we need to Mm -hmm. prioritize that, which again, it just shows how great parents they were to, to prioritize that and, um, make sure that that happened for you. But I'm really happy that this came up because that is a huge thing that I think we all go through, right? Like that guilt of leaving our loved ones behind. And Mm -hmm. it's not just when you're a child moving, it's when you're an adult moving and I'm struggling with that. And you know, I'm so jealous of you. I just have to say that your parents are in Canada and you live so close with them because most people listening to this podcast have moved away from their parents, right? So you are so lucky. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it just, that guilt that you're going to have a family in a new country away from your parents. And it's maybe that, you know, your parents were like, okay, we're trying to include my parents with my kids. And um, it's that whole complication of I'm doing something for me and, you know, ultimately it's what makes me happy. But there's that huge part where it's the probably the biggest negative of the whole thing. It's that you're going to lose that time. Like you, you have limited time and you're going to see 
your parents and your parents are going to see their grandkids once you have kids, you know, once a year or twice a year or three times a year. Um, so that's the biggest thing that we have to go through, in my opinion, I think. Yeah, I think, though, the one also benefit is that once you have experienced what it's like to not have that, you know, like you don't take it for granted and you really can be so intentional about the time that you do spend. Like I sometimes think about the fact, like how it, how my perspective changed when I lived in Honduras and it didn't seem like it was like a privilege to spend all this time. And then when I would return, it was like, no, like we have to make the most out of the time we have. And it can also be extra special, I think, because you just have that different perspective where you really value the time that you do get to be with each other. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so true. Because yeah, you could live around the corner from them and go and see them for a cup of tea, you know, Mm -hmm. once a week. But then you're just talking about the weather. And then you're like, okay, bye, see you tomorrow. Whereas when I go and see my parents now, because it's twice a year, I'm going for a week straight staying with them in their house for a week, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I'm sat watching movies with them every night. And we're talking. And yeah, that's a really nice way to think about it. You always think you're missing out. But the the quality of your connection with them could actually be improved that's interesting yeah and something else that I didn't have that I think now you know if I if I could go back in time I would it would be more easy as um like the ability to FaceTime and yes thank god for technology oh my goodness (laughs) I don't know how people did it back in the day you know where they used to send letters and yeah. Oh, no, that's just, yeah, it's people had to do it. You know, you got on those ships to Australia or something and then <laughs> you would just never see or hear from your family. It's, yeah, we're very, very lucky with the tech now. Yeah, I agree. It, it can almost feel like you're closer than you actually are that way. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing to make sure that you make the time to schedule those FaceTimes because you know that you can just catch up with them. And again, it's the same thing. Like I sit on FaceTime with my mom for like two hours and just talk, talk, (laughs) talk, talk, talk. So yeah, again, it's, it's nice how close we are even so far away. So yeah, yeah. I love that. (laughs) So what advice do you have? You've been here for 20 years, so you've got some tips for us, I'm sure, for life in Canada, for anybody that's planning on moving here or, you know, has freshly arrived. What advice can you share for for newcomers listening? Yes, I think, I I guess I'll focus on, on my experience that I had as a child and maybe parents that might be listening. But Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite traditions is, regardless, just always celebrating your Canada anniversary because it's such a special life-changing day um, for you and your family. So that's one of my favorite traditions that we have as a family and would love for other people to experience it. And the other thing is, I think one of the things that was really tough for my parents when they first started, and I, I think even still now, is to think about what you had to give up. Most of the times people that immigrate don't get to maintain or or keep up with their career in a linear trajectory the same way as you would have in your home country. A lot of the times you have to start over or you have to get re-qualified for something that you might have been doing for 20 plus years. So I think 
it can be really hard to reflect on that, especially when your kids are small and you don't know if you made the right decision yet. But I think listening to stories, you know, 20 years later and seeing all the bright sides. And for my parents, one of the big things is the security and the, the peace of mind that Canada, a country like Canada has compared to Honduras. And I think that when they see just how fulfilling our lives have been and the opportunities that we've had, it sort of becomes all worth it. But at the time, I'm sure is it is very difficult and especially, you know, when you're starting out and maybe you're struggling to find a job and things like that. So I just want to let people know that it gets better. And it for most people, it is really worth it in the end. Um, and then, you know, if the last thing is if, if family is really important, I think it's completely worth it <laughs> every penny and every time that you can spend with them and just really be intentional about maintaining those ties or it's in Canada or your home country or a third country is something that is just priceless. That's always going to be there, yeah. you know, so. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with all three of those things. And I think, yeah, my favorite thing is that the Canada anniversary celebration. I'd never thought about doing that. Um, I did just recently celebrate my fifth, but I'm going to do it every year. Screw it. That's what I'm going to do. It's my new thing. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to you. <laughs> the fifth, fifth one is a big one. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm happy with that. Yeah. And it, it's the, I don't know if it's, it's right to say, but for me, I'm hoping it's true that it's the hardest years are behind me, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you could still, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster that will never end. It's life. We're human and we're going to have ups and downs regardless of where we live. So I'm sure I'll have some some down times again. But I think the biggest challenges of learning about Canadian culture and finding your place here and, you know, the very basics of setting up a life is behind me. So, um, yeah, it was a good celebration to to have that behind me so when is your Canada anniversary did you move in the winter or summer no I I moved in January so oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <New year. laughs> I know it's because we we live we were living in Australia and then um our visa ran out and then we had to come to either England or Canada we chose Canada and obviously we were in Australia. So I thought, right, I think I need to go via England before Canada. Cause my mum's like, I haven't even met this boy. Like, what do you mean you're moving to Canada? So I was like, okay, fine. I'll bring him home for Christmas. Um, so that's what we did. We flew Australia to London. My parents lived in France still at the time. So then we went down to France and had Christmas there and then she got to meet him. And then, yeah, we, we skipped on over to, to Canada from there. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it was January. It was cold. January's like a date though. It's it's the start of a new year. So it's like an extra celebration to add. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. I really want to also quickly touch on your work that you're doing today. So you've been here 20 years. You have amazing experience, obviously, being a part of an immigrant family and then moving to another country again as an adult, the US. So um, yeah, tell us a bit about the work that you're doing now to help other immigrant families and, and how they can get in touch with you and learn more about what you do. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so um yeah, so my job now is an immigration lawyer, which I think is very fitting just based on the way my life turned out. Um, and I find it very rewarding. Most of my practice 
is with Canada, US visas. So a lot of the free trade, like TN visas that allow people that are in Canada, US or Mexico to practice their professions in other places. But specifically, I tend to work with families. And my other big, um, the other part of my practice is with helping families. So couples specifically, um, where one is Canadian or American and the other one lives abroad. Um, as I'm sure you had to go through that process, <laughs> it can be, yes. it can be stressful. So, um, having gone through it myself, I really love helping couples get through that and on with the most exciting parts of their lives to actually start building and not worried about paperwork. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. You're, you're cutting those long distance relationships short, which is great. Cause that I, just, <laughs> I can't imagine there's so many people out there right now that are just away from the person they love the most in the world. And I think, wow, what that's such fulfilling work. That's incredible. And to, to give back, I absolutely love these stories when, you know, I meet newcomers that uh, we, we're all just trying to help each other behind us coming through the door behind us, right? Because we just we know what it's like. And yeah, to have that legal knowledge and to be able to give back in that way. That's yeah, that's really incredible. Yeah. How was your I'm curious, obviously, just because of my work, but how was yeah. your experience with that? Like, did you? Uh, yeah, I how did it go for you? How did you? Um, So I was really, really fortunate and I came on the International Experience Canada visa, Mm. which is only for a specific, you know, group of countries and the UK is one of them. So it's a small list of countries that that can go through on that, but it's very easy (laughs) and you just get your two hour, two, two hour, two year work permit um, that way. So I just did that. um, And then, yeah, from that, obviously you get your Canadian work experience, which is then way easier to get your permanent residency because you have those points for your Canadian work experience. So yeah, I did, I did debate which pathway to use because I had Mm. Isaac as a Canadian and you can sponsor people, but I looked into that and it is crazy. You have to get letters from your family telling them, you know, oh, they're together and this is when they met and I've met them and I see they're in love, like all of this (laughs) stuff. And I thought, okay, no, I think I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go through the, the, the work route and just use my work experience. So I don't think I even really mentioned Isaac in my application. I just went through as an individual and, and used my work experience. So that's amazing. And so good that you had that option because mm-hmm. yeah not you know not everyone is yeah as fortunate but I think that's so great because that did allow you to move so fast and yeah citizenship is next I'll have to hit you up for any yeah any <laughs> <laughs> that's my next big task oh my gosh yeah amazing so that is Sisu Legal am I saying that right yep Sisu Legal S-I-S-U Legal so we'll yes. put that in the show notes if anyone wants to check you out you have some great blog posts about immigration and um, all of that good stuff And yeah, thank you so, so much, Amelia, for your time. Thank you. It was so great to meet you. Best of luck with your pregnancy. I'm so (laughs) excited for you. I really hope everything goes well. And I'll definitely keep my eyes peeled for those baby pics. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you, Kate. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.